Okay, hello, Internet. Um, this is uh, Nitro Weasel 3K, a.k.a. Matt, and I am here with Nick, a.k.a. Z3RO Ping or Zero Ping. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. We did a, a movie podcast relatively recently together, and we had a good time with it. And uh, I decided that I wanted to kind of uh, branch off underneath that that movie podcast uh umbrella here and uh if we saw a new movie we could do something like a round table after the movie to kind of talk about it it's not going to be as in-depth or as long as the other episode was because i'm not going to go through the whole movie every step of the way but uh i thought it might be kind of interesting if we had like an open forum kind of discussion after we saw a movie that was newer uh, to kind of give you guys uh, a shortened version of an article we might write to correspond with the new movie over on our website, nerdlifetx.com. So Nick and I saw the new Ghost in the Shell film yesterday on opening day, which would have been Friday the 31st, I believe. Yes. Yeah, so we saw it opening day, and we didn't speak to each other. We saw it together. We like it was really awkward because we didn't speak to each other afterwards on purpose, in because <laughs> we were going to do this <laughs> later. I just want to get into it. And we're going to kind of have a conversation about it, and I want it to be relatively spoiler f- free, but there might be some light spoilers in here. So if you really don't want to spoil anything about the movie, it might be better to see it first. But we're definitely the major things we're going to try and stay away from. And this is, like I said, this we're looking at like a half hour probably for this. So hang around if you can, check it out, and let us know what you think uh, by either leaving an iTunes review or shooting me a tweet or hitting us up on the website, and I'll have all that information for you at the end of the episode. So, Ghost in the Shell. Um, I was on the fence about this movie for the entirety of the time that they were releasing promo materials. And when they announced that Major's name had been changed, that almost deterred me from seeing this movie. <laughs> it It is really, really odd. Uh, the way that it's being handled, the way that it was handled was very strange. I was very concerned because I didn't know how well it was going to translate, but I don't think either one of us were surprised that this movie was beautiful. Oh yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. Visually, this movie is spot on. It captures the world of Ghost in the Shell. But if you are a fan of the SAC universe or you're a fan of Arise, which I've never seen, the world you're going to see in this movie is the 1995 movie version of the world. Um, it's very alive, but it's also very cold and it's very like blue hued. And there's a lot of, you know, technology and lights crammed into a very small area. Um, it looks really neat. It's very interesting. The way they handled it was really awesome. Uh, but the visuals in this movie, just as a blanket statement to me, were perfect. They were spot on. Uh, all the visuals, the way they handled the character designs, everything was perfect. Even Bateau's eyes that I hated when I initially saw them. I liked better in the movie than I thought I would. They, they looked really cheesy in a lot of like the clips that I saw. And I was like, Oh God, it looks like they just taped Dixie cups to this guy's face. <laughs> and I was really panicked. Uh, but in the movie, when they kind of do the digital effects on them, they look more like camera lenses and there's an explanation for why they look that way. And it's because they're tactical. He wanted something tactical where he could use night vision and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Which is, which is neat. So, um, yeah, what did you, how did you feel about like the visuals, the visual styling of the movie? Gorgeous. They did a really good job of taking. So if you look at the 95 movie, one of the things that really stood out to me were a couple of scenes that were just really expertly done. Um, they were well storyboarded. They were well put together. 
they're well animated and everything else. They took a couple of those scenes and they one for one reproduced them in a really amazing way. I think they did a great job with it. Um, the colors, the the characters, the way that they set them up, you could tell that, uh, you know, the Weta team uh, did a really good job of uh, spending a lot of time and uh, resources in making uh, some of the characters that would have been harder to bring to life actually work. Yeah, they 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 really did a lot to to try and match as closely as they could that world that was created in the '95 movies. Right. Um, they, it was like they actually cared. Uh, I was worried this movie was going to come out like Aeon Flux because I love Aeon Flux. I love Aeon Flux. The old MTV animated Aeon Flux shorts are my favorite. I constantly I have the full the complete series on DVD. I watch it constantly. I love it. Mm-hmm. And uh, when that movie was going to come out, I was so, 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 so excited. And then when it finally came out, it was not good. Um, and I was so very <laughs> worried that that's where we were headed with this. Yeah. Um, and we luckily, I, I don't feel that that's where we ended up. But before we get into that, just just to give everybody a an idea, uh, what is your uh, comfort level with Ghost in the Shell as a whole? Like, how much do you know about Ghost in the Shell? Have you watched the series? Have you read the comics? Like, where are you kind of at in the sphere of Ghost in the Shell fandom? Okay, so I am not, um, I'm no expert, definitely. Um, I'm one of the lucky few that discovered it pretty early on, uh, as far as like the actual 95 movie. Um, picked it up on VHS uh probably 97-ish. I've watched it multiple times since then. I have seen the 2.0, um, which was interesting. Uh, I've seen some of the episodes of SAC. I haven't even seen all of that. Uh, But the standalone complex is interesting. It kind of threw me off because it was almost like a different universe. Right. It's, it follows a, uh, almost a legend of Zelda style timeline. Like if this happens, this right. happens, but this is an alternate reality. Right. And, uh, I think all of them are, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Okay. Uh, the deepest I've really been is the 95, uh, film, which I adore. I tried to read the manga. Uh, I want to say probably within the last year and it is a lot more loose and less serious, at least in the first few issues than the movie was. So Mm -hmm. it kind of threw me off a little bit. I just don't think I was in the right mind space to start reading it, but uh, I did make it kind of probably about three quarters of the way through sack. So I have seen some of sack, but I have not seen second gig. And that brings me to the first issue that I think that we should talk about. This movie is not any of those things. Yeah, this this movie is a culmination of all of the universes ever created under the Ghost in the Shell umbrella. So you are going to get exact replicas of fight scenes from the Ghost in the Shell 1995 movie mixed back to back with a a bad guy. The bad guy in this movie is Kuze, who is from SAC second gig. He's not even introduced until second gig. So they picked not only an enemy, but kind of the the get with the geishas and some of the fight scenes and some of the the background that they unveil about the characters that all comes from the second part of sack even though the world seems to be set in that 95 version along with the stylization of the film is also set in that 95 version of the world so this is going to piss a lot of fans off yeah i think a so. lot of fans are going to be really mad understandably so 
fans of things who are really hardcore fans are hardcore fans for a reason. It's because they love it the way it is and changing it is going to alienate them. Yeah. It's going to upset them no matter how you do it. Mm -hmm. So I just thought it was kind of interesting that they took that route, but on the flip side of that coin, it means that they gave a shit about the original. They, they care about the world that they were helping to create. They do care because they took pieces and parts and kind of tried to give you an overarching view of what the series means as a whole. Okay. So I think that I, this is, I'm, I'm going to be in the minority. I liked this movie. I really enjoyed it. I had a, the first quarter of it, right? Okay. So during the first quarter of the movie, uh, it's a lot of setup. Uh, it opens very similarly to the first season of Sack, the first episode, and the beginning of the 95 movie. Mm-hmm. Those both kind of open similarly, but they basically like merge those two together with the geishas and the um, the uh, thermoptic when she drops off the building and then shoots through the window and blows a bunch of dudes away. Right. Um, that's similar to the 95 version, but they mix the two together. Uh, that's not a surprise. I'm not spoiling anything because the first, like I think five minutes of this movie are actually available from Paramount Pictures online. You can go and watch it right now if you want to see what I'm talking about. When you start mixing those two worlds together, things get kind of cumbersome because they wanted to humanize the major. Now, through humanizing her, they chose to change her name, which didn't make any sense to me during the entirety of the movie. And a lot of the first, I'd say, quarter of this movie deals with that. And I was very upset. Like the first quarter of this movie, I was like fuming in my chair. And there were several times when I looked at you and just went like, are you kidding me? Like we were trying (laughs) not to talk about it, but I was getting so frustrated because they took a lot of liberty at the beginning of this, this series. Yeah. They they actually had to, to kind of set it up the way that they did though. Right. To, to reach the ending that they created. Right. um, They needed to do that. Mm -hmm. Now there were a few the movie looks beautiful and I don't want to put it down. Uh, but there were a few scenes that you, you mentioned uh, ghost in the shell 2.0. And uh, I recently watched 2.0 again, just to mm-hmm. kind of prep for this. And some of the sections in this movie, like when she dives for the first time, she dives into um, uh, like a suspect uh, robot that they, they have parts of leftover from a crime that happens. Again, I don't want to spoil anything if I can avoid it, but she's like, Hey, I'm going to dive into this. And they're all telling her don't cause she, there's no, you can't encrypt your data when you dive in. And uh, it's, it's interesting. So she dives in and when they show the animation for the dive, I was like, is this gets 2.0? Like what the hell is going on? Did they, <laughs> their budget get cut? Like I was, I was so confused because it looked like garbage when she was diving in. It was that very like, um, like early Xbox 360 or PS3 era, like everything was kind of glossy and it looked very digital and stiff. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of vibe it gave when she do- dove in. And I was like, oh no, like, is this what we have to look forward to for the rest of this movie? Is this quality of this animation? Cause it's awful. And it, it, it almost, I was almost like, all right, well, I'm writing this off. Like my brain was done. But beyond that, once you get past that, there's a, there's a great scene where she gets hacked and their representation of a hack I thought was really, really, really cool. Yeah, that was. Yeah. So basically like she's standing in a black room as the major and uh, all of a sudden you see all this movement around her and it's people like painted black from head to toe and they're all grabbing her and pulling her down. But it's like, 
she's a dot. She's almost like a dot in the center of the frame. And this room is full of people just piling on top of her. And that's how they did their representation of a hack or like her line flooding. And I thought that looked really, really cool visually for people who aren't IT people. I think Mm -hmm. that's going to speak pretty strongly. Yeah. And I tried to keep that frame of mind in when they were talking about diving and everything else. Like they had to have a way of explaining what was actually happening to someone that doesn't have any technical jargon. And I think they did a really good job of visually representing that in this movie. Yeah. I thought it was like, there was one scene that like, I kind of snickered at. They were like, we're going to upload you to the raid. And I was like, you're going to do what? Like we don't (laughs) just call it a raid. Uh, Nick and I are both system admins for a living. So uh, hearing some of that stuff, we're like, what? Like all cringy about it, but um, it wasn't that bad. So yeah, Basically, the story for this movie goes that we have the major and in another weird twist for her character, she's kind of defiant against her bosses at Section 9. They say don't do something and she goes and does it. So she's kind of like a rogue cop, which, like I said, I rewatched 2.0 recently. At least the 95, that is not the character the major is. Um, She will fight back if she thinks something's unfair but she's not going to directly disobey orders like she does in this movie right which is kind of weird and their 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 way of coping with that is hey she used to be a real person and this is a real person's brain that's been cybernetically enhanced dropped into a shell which everybody was pissed about but i guess i just did some research before we started that's from gig second sack as well they announced that as part of that story for uh, the major. Hmm. Now, the reason that they, they've done this supposedly is because they wanted to have a, a cybernetic organism who could also think and react the way a human would. It would, it would basically give her a, an, an edge in a combat situation. And all of this is basically paid for. She is owned by a company called uh, Hanaka Corp, right? Or Hanaka Company, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Hanaka. So she's, she's owned by them. Now in the 95 movie, there was a similar uh, company called Megatech that they mentioned that owns all their bodies. In the yeah. 95 movie, they're all enhanced uh, and their enhancements are paid for by Section 9 uh, via Megatech. So if they leave Section 9, Section 9 takes back all of their cybernetic enhancements. All of them. Which in Major's case, yeah. <laughs> yeah, is everything. But it is handled in this movie like... Hanaka has direct access to them and can come in and say, we're pulling the plug and section nine doesn't have any say in it, which I thought was kind of weird. Right. But Daisuke did say he was still reporting to a, um, some sort of council. Yeah. The prime minister. Yeah. So, um, they replaced, imagine replacing the puppet master from 95 with Kuze, who was the bad guy from second gig. And he follows very a very, very similar path where he's jumping through different people and creating these different events that they all they decide discover are all connected. So uh, by doing it that way, we get a couple of the really famous scenes from the ninety five one, uh, specifically the garbage truck scene where the guy is hacking along his route. And they kind of catch up to him. And the guy who's actually leaving like the hacking materials at each of the stations is one station ahead of the garbage truck every time. And uh, so when the truck driver gets there, he just pulls this little card out from underneath the terminal, makes a call, swipes this card. And that's part of the next hack. Well, this is actually part of a much larger hack that's happening in the 95 movie. In this movie, it's kind of the same thing. Only they combined the guy with the machine gun 
and the truck driver, the garbage truck driver into one person in this movie. Right. Instead of dealing with the hack situation in this film, there the hacker is coming after all the people who are major representatives of Hanaka Corp. And we don't know why our Hanaka company, or I, I don't know what the, the ending of Hanaka, we'll just call it Hanaka. Um, the hacker who is Kuze is coming after all the people who worked uh, at Hanaka and they don't, they can't figure out why. And I'm not going to spoil why, but there's a reason for it that you find out later in the film. And uh, one of the people that they are after is essentially the major's personal doctor that helps with her cybernetic enhancements. If she gets hurt in the field, repairs her. And her name is Ule. Uh, it's O-U-E-L-E-T. So Ule, I guess she might be uh, French. European or French. Yeah. So, um, but she is attacked. The hacker hacks the guys in the garbage truck and then they attack her. So the rest of the fight scene plays out pretty much like it does in the 95 version with the exception of mixing those two people. And then the driver himself, we get to see what happens to him after he gets caught because him and the shooter are one and the same. So they had to adapt what happens afterwards. Uh, if you remember in the 95 movie, they're saying, well, what's your little girl look like all this stuff. And the guy's like, I don't remember. And they're like, they're like, is this a picture of her? And he's like, I swear she was there. Well, they do something very similar in this movie too. Only while they're interrogating him, Kuze hacks back into the guy and talks directly to major, which mm -hmm. is kind of interesting. So the whole movie kind of tumbles in this weird direction where they are dealing with humanity, which at its core is a part of the ghost in the shell franchise. It's what is it? What does it mean to be human? And where is our line between humanity and robots? And what happens if we let companies take over too much of what happens in our day-to-day -day lives? Mm -hmm. Those are a lot of like big themes throughout Ghost in the Shell as a whole. And in making the major more human, they've destroyed some of that. And that's what's really going to piss fans off. Right. It did. It did. You're right. There's a couple of conversations that that were had that were missing from this. And there's a couple of those still moments where they're just kind of showing off the world a little bit and giving you time to kind of process what you just watched. I think that's one of the things about the 95 film that, that, that was awesome is that they did that. Um, they didn't have time to do that in this because I think they were just trying to compile so much information and mix things up and explain why, explain to the fans why things were the way they were, if that makes sense. So here's the interesting thing with this, right? <laughs> and just, just for, for, for reference for fans of the series, this movie is sitting at a 42% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. It's Ooh. sitting at a 42%, but Power Rangers is also on there sitting at a 47 Just Just to give you some ideas, here's some top box office uh, numbers right now. Then uh, their percentages. Beauty and the Beast is at a 71. Kong Skull Island is at a 78. Logan is at a 92. Get Out is at a 99. Chips is at a 19. The Lego Batman movie is at a 90. And the Belco Experiment is sitting at a 46. So it is literally right in the middle. Mm -hmm. I, I, I understand why when we went to see it, there was almost nobody in there, but we brought somebody with us to the movie that has no, no recollection or no, no dog in the fight of ghost in the shell. It was my wife. Mm -hmm. My wife went with us to see the movie. And when we were walking out of the movie, my wife was saying that movie was fantastic. Like I really liked that movie. And you and I are both kind of like, Hmm, 
I think, and I, I am probably going to get yelled at for this, I would imagine, online. <laughs> if you did not know what Ghost in the Shell was, and you had a significant other that you know is not into anime, and you wanted to introduce them to the world of Ghost in the Shell, because it is deep, and it is hard, hard, hard stuff to, to latch on to. Mm-hmm. You start getting in there real deep, because they get into some deep stuff. This movie would be a great introduction. It combines some of the most classic scenes. It gives you a good idea about what the characters were. They even keep some of the humanization of Bateau because you can tell he really cares about the major. They kept that in this movie, but they expanded him out a little bit where he doesn't like people, but like he's got these stray dogs that he really, really cares about. And I think that's, that is Bateau. I mean, think about uh, in SAC, he always cared about his equipment and he cared about like non-personal things. And then he cares about his team beyond that. He doesn't care about anything. Right. And I thought it was a really cool character decision to make him care about these dogs. Cause I could see that from that character. Right. Even the eyes, you know, that, that was a tactical decision that benefits his team. Right. It shows that that is the most important thing in his life. He's willing to augment his biological body with these, with these things. He's willing to replace his eyes with fake eyes uh, just because it made sense. You know what I mean? And not just robotic eyes. He knows they look terrible. Yeah. He knows they look bad. Yeah. And that's the other piece about it. He doesn't care that they look bad. No. So this movie will show you how Bateau loses his eyes in this continuity. And it's kind of really, really cool because it speaks to the connection between the major and Bateau. Right. It, it, it shows how close they are. And I was really worried that nearing the end of the movie that they were going to try to make a love interest between the two. They never did it. I'm the, it, If I can say anything to them, I, I really congratulate them for that. Yeah. The major cannot be a character that is full of love. She cannot be. And when you cross that line, you're going to lose essentially what makes Ghost in the Shell Ghost in the Shell. It was hard not to lose it with where they went already. But Mm -hmm. once you throw that in as an addition, she's gone as a character, right? Some this movie, the way that it handled it, I think it would be a really good introduction an introductory point. Fans are going to be split you're going to get to see a lot of the awesome stuff that you love about this series compiled into a giant super cut. But as a movie, they're not going to like it. As yeah. a science fiction action movie, as somebody like my wife who is kind of into sci-fi, but not really, she's, she's cool with it. She's interested in it. She likes seeing things like uh, uh, passengers and things like that. Like she, the, it kind of piques her interest. She even likes the first alien movie. My wife hates horror movies. She didn't really like sci-fi, but likes the first alien movie because ones that are well done and handle the genre. Well, even people who aren't fans are really going to enjoy. And I think this movie could fit into that category. This movie is not alien. Don't get me wrong. I'm not comparing the two in quality <laughs> or longevity, believe me, but this is a movie you could show to somebody who is a casual sci-fi fan or who was curious about ghost in the shell, but had a hard time, swallowing that media or consuming the amount of information and background you have to get to be able to enjoy anime and manga as a whole, this would be a great jumping off point. It's for me, I I will buy this movie when it comes out. I I will. I know that I'm going to be in the minority. I'm not stupid. I, I, I don't think they didn't market it to people who weren't fans. And the only people that are going to like it are people who are casual fans or people who want to get introduced to the series. And this is a hard, hard series to, to start that ball rolling with. Yeah. I don't, for, for me personally, I don't think it's going to be a buy for me, but um, 
I would be willing to take my wife to go see this because I do think it's the type of movie that she she would enjoy. I think there's enough there. And the thing that tugged at me were all this baggage from seeing the previous things and wondering why they did things uh, very similar but different. You know, that, that kind of took me out of it a couple of times. Yeah, there was no, it didn't make any sense. And they cut out, like, Togusa is one of my favorite characters because he's yeah. the only regular human being of the group. Right. He's the one that they should have focused on if they wanted to focus on humanity. It should right. have been Togusa. But the rest of the characters, they showed all that character art for all the other characters, you know, Togusa and Saito and all these people. And, you know, when there were those, those leaks, everybody was so excited they were going to be in it. You see those characters for like four seconds. Yeah. Four seconds and it sucks. And it and it might have been just, you know, that's what it was edited down to. You know, like the their scenes might have been trimmed down to nothing and all of Togusa and Saito and uh Borma, like the majority of their scenes could have been left on the floor, right? Yeah, I think the only time you see Ishikawa is when they're in a meeting together. Yeah. <laughs> but Togusa had his Montaver, you know, there's little touches right. like that that are like all right, that's true to the character. You know, he he was, uh, you, if you remember the movie, um, he was the one that had, like, no augments. Uh, he, he believed in humanity. He even had a revolver because it was a simple mechanical system that he understood and he was comfortable with. Yeah, he didn't like automatics because they jammed and they had issues and they right. were, it was too much, too much stuff for something that should have been simple. Right. And that's, and that's, that's him through and through. I mean, that's why he has no augments and everything else. And he did make the comment where he was talking to Borma, I believe, where, you know, he's like, uh, what'd you get? <laughs> and he was yeah. asking him about, you know, a new augment. And, right. and that, that lends a little bit also to his character. Um, so there were little touches like that, that I do appreciate. And I think they did a really good job with that. Absolutely. And uh, I, the casting on some of these characters, it pissed people off. <laughs> Give the major a chance because they dealt with the whitewashing issue. People are pissed about how they dealt with it. I'm not, I don't think I'm a fan of it either. Watch the movie and see how they dealt with the whitewash of the major. The reason they're dealing with it and in an interesting way, you notice the major has a different name. And that's mm-hmm. all I'm going to say. Think mm-hmm. about that as you're going in to see this movie. I think uh, Beat Takeshi as Aramaki, that was the most amazing selection I've ever seen in my life because that guy is awesome. Yeah. I love Beat Takeshi. I like his movies. I like his gangster movies. I like, he, he just, he's awesome. And picking him as that character who's supposed to be this smart, strong, older guy who leads this group of ragtag, you know, section niners who are like, they've all got these really strong personalities, but he drives them. That was an awesome selection. And I also appreciate the entire movie. I think except for one line, he speaks Japanese the entire movie, which is also awesome. Right. I liked the way they handled that. Yeah. And I was concerned about Togus's weapon because there's a scene right before they show him with his revolver where Aramaki is shown loading a revolver of his own and he gets in a gunfight with it. And I was like, oh, no, did they just retcon <laughs> out his revolver? Like, I was going to be so mad. And the very next scene, you see him with his revolver. And you're like, oh, oh my God, thank you, Jesus. Because that's like what he's known for. That's what Togusa is known for. But they didn't retcon that stuff out. At their core, they kept these characters in the sphere of what they were. Right. The, the changes to the major, because she's such a central part, she is essentially ghost in the shell. That's going to turn people off. 
But if you can swallow that pill and you can get past that, you will enjoy this. This is more of a love letter to the the series than it is supposed to be a represent a good representation of the series. I think. So I have to ask, what do you think about the acting? When ScarJo wasn't trying to walk that weird line of, hey, like I'm I'm supposed to be a robot. Uh, but I also want to show that I have emotions where she was doing like little smirks and stuff mm-hmm. when she wasn't doing that, when she was, she was being the major, when she was very like cut to the point and all that stuff. And even there's a scene where she really has to deal with her humanity later on in the film where she meets somebody who was directly connected to her humanity at some point. And I'm not going to get any deeper than that. Cause it'll spoil too much. Mm-hmm. You can tell that she can't handle it. She's like, I, I don't know how to be emotional. I don't know. I'm feeling weird things. I don't know what to do. She doesn't hug people. She doesn't hold hands. She doesn't anything. She's right. very disconnected. I thought the way they handled that was pretty cool. Uh, I think uh, the guy that did Bateau did a great job. I think the guy that did Kuze did a great job. I think everybody else, and well, except for obviously Takeshi did great because he is he doesn't have to try. That dude could be awesome just sitting in a chair. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the major players did okay, but any of the sub players uh were kind of awkward anybody who wasn't one of those like major cat if you pop the imdb page look at like the first one two three four five out of the top five i would say four of them did a great job okay uh, i didn't particularly like uh dr ule didn't particularly like her didn't particularly like the hanaka representative i didn't like him that much uh, i didn't think he did a very good job he was he was kind of flat yeah he felt like a like a cookie cutter bad guy type Person. It was it was <laughs> almost like they got some Resident Evil in their Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, he felt very much like a like somebody that you would see in a Resident Evil uh, game. You're like, oh, Albert Wesker, great. <laughs> yeah, well, no, he was like a post a post for Resident Evil bad guy. So everything between four and seven, the bad guys that were in all those, that's what you're going to get from this guy. He's just insert faceless. I'm evil because we're an evil corporation. Bad guy here. Mm-hmm. I didn't really like him. Uh, Kuze, on the other hand, ruled. I loved that character. I loved the the way they handled him. I loved the fact that when he talked, because he is kind of a broken machine, when he talked, he got s- some some jitters when he talked and stuff like yeah. that. And they like they like made it sound um, like it was fragmented, like you'd hear like just like you would if you were losing your internet connection, like digital artifacts. Yeah, yeah you got some artifacting in there, and I thought that was really really cool. I thought that yeah. was a great way to handle that character. Yeah, agree. His whole, the style of that whole character was awesome. So yeah, so we're, we're about out of time here. Um, I just wanted to ask you really quick, give me a really quick overview of how you felt about this movie. Would you recommend it to anybody? Is it a rent, a buy, or a skip? Okay, so go see it. Um, you don't necessarily need to see it in the theater. You could rent it. Um, I, I don't think it's a buy per se. I, I'm really curious to see if they're going to try to turn this into some sort of franchise, but it's, it's, it's a good movie. And if uh, you have a friend or significant other that has not seen any of the other ghost in the shell material, it's definitely a good kind of like, Hey, here's this thing that I really like. And it's not a bad representation of all of the different things. The acting's good. Um, I say it's a, I, th- I definitely say it's at least a rent. It's, it's a buy if, uh, if you like it, I mean, if you, if you run it and you like it, go for it. Okay. Uh, for me, 
for the general populace, go see it in the theater if you can. Uh, I think it's going to have a much bigger impact on you in a theater than from a rental store. Fair enough. But if you miss it in the theater, uh, rent it before you buy it. It's going to be a buy for me because I... I wouldn't call myself a diehard fan. I, I would I would like to think of the 95 movie. I'm a pretty big fan. Beyond the the extended universe, I'm not such a big fan. So to me, those some of those changes aren't going to make that big of a deal. I was mad about that way they handled the major. But by the end of the movie, I came around. So I will buy it. Uh, I can't recommend that to anybody else that they buy it uh, until they <laughs> see it first. But see it b- before you buy it. Um, I will also be waiting to see if we can get a director's cut. I I wonder if there will be some kind of a director's cut, or I would also like to see if they if they because I think this was this movie R or PG thirteen. Uh, you know I don't know offhand. Um, if it, if it wasn't R, it had to be like a soft R. Um, yeah, there wasn't there wasn't too much stuff in there, but I would like to see what would happen if they if they just if they tried a little less to make this for the masses. So if there's a director's cut, I would like to see what happens with that. Yeah, it is PG-13, by the way. Okay, so yeah. I would like to see like an R-rated cut where they can get a little more into it because I would like to see more of uh, Bateau's life. Uh, I would like to see uh, more of Togusa if there is that stuff. And if they did, in fact, leave more of the other characters on the chopping room floor or the cutting room floor, I'd like to see those. But yeah, so thanks for hanging out. Um, make sure that you check the movie out. Also, for anybody who's wondering, there is no stinger at the end of the movie. We waited until the end, so don't hang out after the credits start to roll. <laughs> yeah, my wife was making fun of us for that. She told us we could wait another half hour if we wanted. I was like, you're very adorable. Very fun. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, if you liked this, let me know, because I'd like to continue to do these as well as our long form uh, nerds at drive-ins podcast. I'm not sure what we're going to call this, but it'll be some kind of a round table. I'm sure you'll see the name of it when you click on this. Um, keep your eyes out on nerdlifetx.com because I'm hoping that uh, early next week we will have a written review up. Uh, I will, I'm trying to get a written review together. I'm going to go back and revisit some of the comics before or the manga before I uh, write the review just to kind of refresh myself so that I can look at it with fresh eyes. And... Uh, you can find me on just about everything at Nitro Weasel 3K. All of my writing is going to get funneled through uh, NerdLife TX. Almost everything I do is going to go through there first. So you can go there to find me, or you can follow me on social media separately, NerdLife TX. You can follow the website uh, on, at uh, NerdLife uh, TX on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Um, Nick, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me primarily on NerdLife TX. Um... I do a lot of writing there. Also on all the social medias at Z3R0PNG. That's zero ping. And um, yeah, definitely look out for this uh, review. I'm kind of curious to see uh, your final thoughts after you review everything. All right. Well, awesome. Thanks for hanging out. And we will see you next time. Make sure, again, that you uh, follow this podcast. And uh, we are a sister podcast to the Gaming with Scissors podcast, which we're both on. So make sure you check that out as well. Uh, Until next time, we appreciate you guys listening. Thanks a lot. And bye. Bye.